Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And we are back after a very long uh, bathroom break, uh, about a week long, and we are podcasting again. I am Lee, and with me is Charles and Charge himself, Scott Bayo. Scott, how are you doing today? Well, I have to say that I'm a firm supporter of Brit- He doesn't talk like that. I, I don't think he can Sounds string better. some sorts together. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a firm supporter of our dear, beloved Orange President. Uh, I'm fine. Josh Heupel? Yeah. Um, huh, interesting. So um, let's start the show with this breaking news. I got an email from Harris Cherokee Casino, a place I've never been to, and it was today. But That's I seem nice. to get emails from them for some reason. Maybe I looked up like a concert that was going to be there, but I've never been there myself. But the the email says news. Xmas Jam plus Asheville Symphony Star Wars event with Beer City Comic Con news. What? <laughs> you stole what? my line because that's what I was going to say. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is happening with the headline? I mean, and then it repeats. Then it says news and it just repeats it again. I'm like, I, what's the news? It sounds like three different things. <laughs> I think that is three different things. That's, that's odd. It should be. Maybe it is. Maybe it's one, maybe it's a Star Wars slash Christmas. That's what it is. I it's don't all, know how that fits in. Star Wars Christmas thing. <laughs> Imperial March always was kind of a Christmas song, I thought, you know, very jaunty. Very true. Very true. I guess. So anyway, the Seahawks played. Now that we've tuned those people out, we got rid of. The, we got. We still kept the good people. I guess. The yeah, good ones. we kept the good people. Um, the good people. Uh, the good people who listen to the show. That would be me. Um. Oh, I just patted myself on the back. Yay! Thank you. So the Seahawks played uh, a game in Week Three. Um, I didn't see it. I have no news about it. I'm going to say it was a tie. A three-three tie. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And. Nope, uh, that's right. Oh, awesome. Oh, oh, sounds exciting. Um, No, so seriously, the Seahawks won in week three over, you know, I want to say it was a diminished because of injury Panthers team, and it was, but the Seahawks also were extremely banged up. I mean, at one point they were playing with four backup offensive linemen for about six or seven plays. Um, And most of it, they were all of it. They were playing with just two starters. Um, Evan Brown and Lewis, Damian Lewis, and the other ones were backups. So, uh, you know, we talked about this on the last podcast, I think. Um, Andy Dickerson, just how, how good of a job he's doing. It took him a little while, but I, I feel like the adjustments they made in the first half, because Stone Forsyth wasn't playing extremely well at the beginning, but then they didn't give up any quarterback hits after the first, what, quarter and a half or whatever. Yeah. What, whatever they're doing, the defense is a little bit better. Not uh, People are like, oh, it's much better. I don't think it's much better at all. I didn't see that. I can still, mm, whatever. So but I do like. The defense is better. 
Yeah, the run defense is fantastic. Um, but, but just the no, adjustments the that the offensive, yeah, just the adjustments that the offensive coaches, yeah. Dickerson and Waldron are making, are things we didn't get to see under Schottenheimer and Bevel and, and whoever else was there because they just didn't yeah. make the adjustments. Um, and and the, yeah. Waldron and Dickerson, the offensive line coach, are making adjustments, not just going into halftime. And be, oh, that's what we need to do, but actually in game. In game um, throughout the game. Yeah. As as the realtor himself said a couple seasons ago, it's like we're not making adjustments. And and how often does this guy, obviously Tyler Lockett, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I bought six houses from him. Um, you know, he spoke out a couple seasons ago and talked about how we're just not making those adjustments. And and when he that made big news because well, for one thing, it was obvious that they weren't making adjustments. Everyone knew they weren't making adjustments, except apparently the Seahawks coaching staff. And when Tyler Lockett made that public statement, that was huge because he just doesn't do that kind of stuff. But that showed, you know, especially since he made it was. a star Wars Facebook page, which was weird. And I was like, is this Tyler Lockett? Yeah. yeah. Really bizarre anyway. But yeah, they are making those adjustments and it's obvious they're making those adjustments just as obvious as it was a couple seasons ago with different leadership. They weren't. Leadership of the units, which is great to see. Um, yeah, the defense, they still have a lot of work to do. But you know, talk about banged up. I mean, they're missing their best corner. They're missing their strong safety. Uh, you know, so. Who is going to play this week? Who should be back? Yes. So Cam those Chancellor. are two big things. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, two big, big issues right there with a the start. And well, I know at some point they were missing. I mean, they were missing Trey Brown. Right. Trey Brown on out. Half, yeah, exactly. Warren, Kobe Bryant. Yep. Um, so yeah, they were crazy. missing uh, an awful lot of what we assumed would be their starting defense. So you know, I you think you were out there a couple ball. of snaps, right? Were you playing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I gave up the 47 yard. You know, I just. No, that, that was on I me. Thought I thought was... said zone. And... Well, I, I played a couple of snaps and I got targeted twice and I, both completions for 95 yards each um and I, I still thought i was playing well but pete took me out of the game and told me lights every back. so playing lights out like the lights are out upstairs that's what yeah. happened yeah i mean i i hit that tight end i mean sure the receiver was like 60 yards downfield and i was supposed to have him covered but i did my best to make sure that tight end wasn't going anywhere <laughs> so i i do want to talk back about the about the the run defense just a little bit because holy cow i mean the the seahawks allowed 44 yards rushing 25 of those were on two plays Mm -hmm. i mean and one was andy dalton and like i wrote it's like i wouldn't know where he could even walk anymore he's so old (laughs) not i mean of course he's not but you know it's like you don't expect the guy to take off not that he should be able to do that but it's a little different it was only 29 as you just pointed out it was only yeah. 29 yards that they gave up to the running backs. Of course, they weren't really running the ball that much, but they weren't getting anything when they did, which is why they abandoned the run. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, and that, of course, that's the issue because they were able to be successful passing the ball. But yeah, still, I mean, they had relatively. Gone. Yeah. When you throw 58 times when you're going to it's kind of like in the, the Super Bowl game, right? When the right. Seahawks won. Um, over the Broncos and Peyton was breaking passing records in the game because they were just throwing so much. It's like at some point it's like, okay, 
yeah, typically if if you throw more passes than the other team, you're going to lose the you're going to lose the game. Yeah, because you're playing catch up so much and. You know that yeah, they allowed a few big plays. Really, they allowed one big passing play. That's it. You know, like the the forty-seven yard well, that I missed. I thought they said zone, and I was playing man and played the wrong yeah. man on top of it. But you know, overall, they did force what four punts. Yeah, I mean, it was missed a I field mean, goal. They got a turnover on on downs. I mean, yeah, you know. They they made a lot of good plays as well as eh, they gave up too many yards passing. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they weren't the Denver Broncos on defense. So there's that. Right. And, and a lot of those yards, I mean, the game, it was, it was really a 17 point game by the end. Yeah. Right. I mean, they scored that touchdown yeah. garbage time. And some of those passing exactly. yards, I mean, if you throw 58 times, you should be like, oh, I've got like 400 yards passing and they weren't any, any close to that. Right. Um, and I mean, they were they were picking up yards, but like you pointed out, they weren't giving up the the big play or anything except for that one. And yeah. that was on Michael Jackson, really. I think Quandre got yeah, he got per Pro Football Focus. I think he was the one that had the target, but it was Michael Jackson after he had come in and he mm-hmm. just missed. It wasn't really a coverage; it was a scheme, and he just blew the. Yeah. You know, he was, he was playing man. Everybody else was playing zone. Yeah. Um, but he got to Jackson's credit and he played 62 snaps because everybody else got hurt um he did get better as the game went on um he did. thankfully it does make you wonder like what would have been if reek Wollen and trey brown had been playing how much of a difference it would have made well um i mean they were still completing passes over the middle but most of it was just that's that's one touchdown they don't get i mean you know that touchdown hope. doesn't happen yeah. and if jackson had been i mean that's just a miscommunication. That's not, oh, man, he sucks. It's like right. he played p- poorly, obviously, versus the Rams, right? But that's one miscommunication. That kind of stuff happens. If he kept on doing it, then there's a different conversation. But like you right. said, he got better as it went on. It's like, yeah. but, but if that was Reek Woolen, no, that touchdown doesn't happen. So this is a 37-20 game, and, it's, and it might have been less than that because, you know, I, I – there's a lot of passes that don't happen if, if Willen's in the game. There's right. a lot of passes that aren't even attempted if Willen is in the game, as we know. So, yeah. And it was funny, though, I, even when they the Seahawks, you know, when I, I joked, I was like the 25-yard line of the Panthers is where Seahawks offensive drives go to die in the first half because that's what, what was happening. And Jason Myers, like, kicked, thankfully, kicked five field goals and made them, yep. like, all perfect. Right, right down the middle. Yep. Um, but I, even when they got behind, oh, he had four in the first half, right, and one in the third right. quarter. But when they, even though they got behind for a very short time, I never felt like it was frustrating because they weren't playing, they weren't beating a team. I thought that they should have beaten by 17 points or whatever it was, or 10 points, yeah. which they ended up doing. But at the time, it was a little frustrating. And it never felt like, oh, they're going to lose this game. It was more like, no. they really should be winning this game by. By more than this. And, and to the Seahawks' credit, again, they, they were banged up, as we pointed out, cornerback, yeah. especially an offensive line. Those two position groups were just decimated with injuries. So, I mean, they were kind of lucky to, that they won. If they had played a better team, they probably would have lost. But they still, that proves the mark of a good team, right? Is if you can still beat another team by 10 points, another NFL team by 10 points, and you're missing all those key players. You're missing three-fifths of your offensive line. Everybody but the center for some of the plays, like you said. 
Yeah. You're missing. Well, sometimes they took everybody out but Evan Brown. He was the only offensive lineman out there. <laughs> He's like, I'm blocking all these guys. I think that's I think that's accurate. Um, you know, you're missing. You're starting. And you're missing. Sorry to interrupt. You're missing Will Disley, who is a fantastic yeah. blocker. Yep. And it, it was just. It was it was frustrating in the first half, but I, I had the exact same feeling as you. It's just like, well, they'll get it in gear. Because they were just, they were driving too well up until they got to that point. And you just figured it was like, at some point, they're going to break through. I mean, there are still issues. They give up too many, they give up too many third down conversions again. And they're not making enough again. But in the second half, it was, they didn't have a lot of third down opportunities for one thing. Because Gino kept on going. Gino kept on throwing for 17 yards or 18. It, like, there's no third downs if you make a first down on first down right. every time, which I, I, I still cannot understand this, the, the Gino haters club. It's like, what are you watching? <laughs> are you just watching that stretch? Like we talked in pre-pro high Ted, where he was, I think he was oh for one for eight, one for eight. And it's like, okay, that's just crazy. But then it's just like, oh, okay this is how I throw the ball. I kind of forgot for a moment. And the only pass he missed was when he just threw away because he was pressured. So he wasn't even trying to make a completion. It was absolutely insane. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm the guy who connects on 70% of his passes. And it just, he throws the interception. That was a ball that shouldn't have been thrown. It wasn't right. bad. It was more a great play. But, you know, he was trying to force it, but it wasn't like... And you, and you wonder if Jackson Smith and Jigba cut the route in a different way than yeah, he thought maybe you know so that's it's not like oh man what are you doing which you know you see those kind of passes occasionally from any quarterback but this was just a good play by the defense and of course like he does every single time if he makes a mistake or things go wrong put it that way he just says uh okay and he goes right back to work this guy never gets rattled right. it's crazy and, and the week before, you know, it's like the, the Pittsburgh play against the Steelers a season ago when he scrambled, ran over about 80,000 miles and then got hit and fumbled. And then mm-hmm. the last play in regulation for the Seahawks where he held on to the ball happily, but lost 17 yards on the scramble. It's not because he's panicking. It's because he's trying to make something happen. Right. And and we saw something happen. <laughs> on that. Yeah, you're laughing, right? Because what was the play? The two well, point when he, he threw it back to Luke Wilson and that gave him two points. <laughs> and they, that's I tweeted that out. It was like this is looks like we're watching the 2014 NFC Championship game all over again because he did exactly the same thing Russell Wilson did. Um, you know, and, and when he ran out and then threw it back and yeah. um, the the difference I think was that Wilson's pass was just kind of thrown up in the air and Gino yeah. actually threw it. I mean, he threw it to where he needed to throw it. It wasn't like on a line or anything, but no. Tyler Lockett caught it and it was contested. Yeah, it was just, it was kind of, and, and you wondered like, why are going for two in that situation? was kind of weird, but I guess, you know, th- three score game, I guess. Yeah, two touchdowns three and, score game. And Andy Dalton was completing passes. So I, I get it because if, if you kick the extra point, it's a two-score game. If you miss on the two-point conversion, it's still a two-score game, so you can't really lose anything by it, and you gain by well, actually, that's, doing it. Did so. you know the NFL passed a rule where if Gino had been intercepted and they ran it back the other way, the Panthers would have gotten 300 points? That's a new NFL rule. 
just on two point conversions. Yeah. So the the Seahawks would have trailed by a little over 200 points. Nah, but come on now. No one is throwing, getting a pick six against Geno anymore with Metcalf. It's not even a pick six, it's a pick 300. Yeah, it's a one or two. It would be a pick 300. But that, that was a crazy, a crazy play. It's a two point conversion. Geno is running around so much to avoid the rush. That he was back at his own 22, and he's like, what, five, six yards outside of the right hash? Yeah. All the way across the field. It was a 50-yard pass to get to go. <laughs> Practically. Three yards. And and hits Lockett, like, on the NFL logo in the left corner of the end zone. It's like, what the heck? And yeah. there's two people on Lockett. Which right. Lockett, and, of course, and, says, who cares? You knew at that point, like, okay, they're going to win this game. We're just having fun now. Um, yeah. But but and that was that's a good feeling, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, they, uh, the Panthers are not a, they lost players during the game, too. So and some key defensive yeah. players. So um, and I was a little frustrated with Adam, Adam, that 50 year old Adam Thielen getting over 100 yards. I mean, that stuff needs to be fixed. But at the same yeah, time, they went into Detroit after getting blown out in week one against the Rams and got a solid win. And then, you know, did Detroit win this week. I don't even know. They, they played. Did. I mean, they, I know they played. They did. Yeah, they did. They beat, they beat the Falcons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's and that's not a bad win for the Lions because no. the Falcons are definitely better. Um, which the only reason I bring that up is because if the Lions had gone out this week and then lost again, you're thinking maybe they're not right. as good as what we thought. But that was a that's a good win, a good comeback one week two, and then beating this, you know, take care of business and beat teams you should beat. They should beat the Giants this way. If they go in three and one the bye week, you're feeling okay. If they lose this week to a Giants team that seems to be struggling in lots of different ways, and you kind of feel worse. And and that the bring the reason I bring it up is because they're getting a whole lot of people back, right? I mean, they should get Charles right. Cross back this week. Jamal Adams is uh, he says he's going to play. We'll see how much he plays and what it changes. I mean, Rekwon should be back. I mean, they they were without so many players. Last week. Um, oh, one other mention about uh, week three. Your guy, uh, Boye Mafe. Your Boye Mafe. Um, well, it was, well he, he was he's his third highest graded player pro football focus this week. Uh, a near elite grade of 80.1. He looked like he did in the preseason, right? He had one tackle. One tackle, yeah. Which is weird, Which, right? Yeah. It goes to show you that it's like you can't look at I mean, the stats are not, they don't tell the whole story. No, they I mean, don't. he was constantly everywhere in the. He was. He, he was, yeah. And someone on, on Facebook in, I can't remember now if it was on our group or just this, I think it's a general on different Seahawks group, but they were complaining about, oh, Wagner's slowing down because he had five tackles in this game. It was like, for once, for <laughs> once, Bobby Wagner didn't have to clean up everybody exactly. else's messes. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so this guy thinks he's slowing down. It's like you missed when he had 19 tackles <laughs> in the season opener, right? It's like, yeah, he's slowing down. What are you looking at, dude? Yeah, yeah it's like, hey, oh. he's slowing down. You're completely missing the fact that Jaron Reed and Mario Edwards are tackling people at the line of scrimmage, and that's why Bobby Wagner's not making all those tackles. They're actually doing their job. Jaron Reed was a freaking Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed is. I was glad that he was back. Because I thought he would play well. And, you know, we, we talked quite a bit about, oh, wow. It's like, when are they going to get a nose tackle? They don't have a nose tackle. Oh, well, Pete says, Jaron Reed's the nose tackle. And it's like, well, okay, if Pete thinks he can do it, he can do it. And it's like, 
yeah, I think he can do it. Uh, several years ago, when, when the Seahawks declined to pay him a whole lot of money because he had had, you know, the one huge season with what he had, 10 and a half sacks. Yeah, 10 and, and, and uh, then the following season, he dropped down to normal level because that's not a normal level for some a guy at his position, you know, at defensive tackle. And I was like, dude, he's not going to have double-digit tackles again. I mean, Cortez Kennedy only did it once. It's like, Jaron Reed's not going to do it twice. So it's like, yeah, maybe he will. He's playing nose tackle, and he could do it this season. That's insane. Yeah. And, and it's not this – I mean, the sacks are awesome. But if he didn't have a single sack, the way he's playing doesn't matter because he's, he's eating these offensive yeah. linemen. And it's like, oh. Linebacker has a clean shot at the guy as he steps barely steps past the line of scrimmage, and that's if he gets past the line of scrimmage. I mean, right. Reed is just absolutely a monster this season so far, yeah. and, and no reason to think he won't be. And the fact that apparently I don't know which Seahawk let the cat slip out of the bag, but apparently he gave uh, a little pep talk at halftime, like a really serious pep talk, like uh, we got to start playing like Seahawks. It's like, dude, you just got back. <laughs> but you love but, to see yeah. that. You love. Oh, Red that. Bryant gave us. Uh, uh, yeah, Red Bryant talked before the, the game, half, right? Yeah. Oh, it was before. Oh, it was before. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all the yeah, because they had the 2013 right. team back for the celebration um, at halftime, and um, I think it was on Friday actually. And Red Bryant gave them. Oh no, it was through the walk, the walkthrough on Saturday, and Red Bryant gave the speech, and Jaron Reed was like, I, "I was ready to play after that. Like, I'm, I'm ready to play right now on Saturday." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it depends on where, you know, like ESPN had him a sack and a half pro football yeah. folks had him two sacks, um, but he's had three quarterback hits, eight tackles, which is massive. And, and, um, I mean, that kind of says, kind of says a whole lot right there. And at Mario Edwards, uh, you know, he didn't, again, wasn't credited with any tackles. He had, uh, six quarterback pressures and two quarterback hits. And it's just like, that's, that's insane. Which is, um, which is tremendous because I didn't yeah. think he would do nearly that much, which I'm super happy to see. Oh, by the way, as far as that two-point conversion, here's the headline from NFL.com. Geno Smith roams the globe during two-point conversion <laughs> connection with Lockett. Right. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's like, actually, actually high-fived Gary Matthews on his way around. I think. <laughs> just um, about be able to. Just about <laughs> yeah, Edwards has is, is, had an awesome game. Yeah, and, cool. and, really happy to see that a couple of players i'm kind of worried about though draymond jones hasn't really done anything and yeah. uh, uh i mean he didn't play the full game and and then quandre diggs is he's actually quandre diggs is the lowest rated and it's he's the lowest rated safety per pro football focus through three games with a th- 33 point something rating and the next horse is kobe bryant actually at 33 something and then third worst is um i can't remember who he plays for but it's 43 like they're not just bad according to pro football focus they're really bad but one thing i didn't realize is that quandre Diggs he's has 11 tackles he's been in on 11 tackles this year he's missed five tackles already this year that's i know he starts off slowly it seems like doesn't he yeah, every year really, yeah it does but that's but really, that's horrible yeah that's really bad that's and really, and again, that the long pass, well, yeah, I, I mean, he should have still been there. And it was a blown coverage, but still, I mean, you're the guy that's you're Earl Thomas doesn't allow that pass, even if there's a blown coverage. Yeah. Um, 
so I mean, those are two big name guys, and uh, Diggs is a captain, and of course Draymond Jones is. Heck, if he doesn't work out, they front loaded his contract. So if they release him after this year, hopefully he comes back great. But he's not doing anything close, surely, to what they expected him to do when he entered, no, when he signed so with them this offseason. Jaron Reed no. looks like he's the guy that deserved all that money so far instead yeah. of Dre Jones. And they'll address that if it continues that way. Uh, hopefully it doesn't because they're going to need Jones to come through. Right. Absolutely. You know, if they're going to do anything, he's he's got to get there. Yeah. So we'll DK see. Metcalf went over 100 yards, which is good. To see. No touchdowns, but I mean, he was. Yeah. Even if he doesn't score any touchdowns, it's perfectly fine. Kenneth Walker had two more touchdowns. Um. So and DK also had a tackle, very important. Really raised his pro football focus grade because he didn't miss his tackle on the interception. I guess. Um. It was, <laughs> it was funny because um. Some reporter asked DK, you know, how he felt, um, you know, before the game because he still had injured ribs. And I guess yeah. his response was, uh, go ask the other guy who hit me because he's not even playing yet. So, OK, that's fair. Two enough. plays, <laughs> two plays, completions to Metcalf and both times Panthers. Not that those were the only two completions, but on he had six catches, two of those catches or injured Panther, Panthers on the play from trying to tackle him. And I'm not like gloating, haha, they got hurt. It's like I'm pretty sure they both actually came back. But it tells you a little bit about just about tackling this dude. You don't want to try it straight up for sure. Yeah. Or Zach Charbonnet trying to tackle. I mean, that. Oh, my God. He blew up that guy. Frank. He went out of the answer. frame. Sam Franklin <laughs> left the frame. <laughs> yeah. If, of if the you screen. have a. If you have a chance, you should listen to the uh, Steve Rabel calls. You used to be able to find them on Seahawks.com. Now you can't, but they play them on Seattle Sports Radio. And uh, Dave Wyman, who's uh, <laughs> one of the hosts on a daily radio show, too, for Seattle Sports. But he used to play for the Broncos, used to play for the Seahawks. Um, it, it's funny to listen because, you know, Rabel's like, oh, my gosh. And then at the, if you wait for the very end when they're finishing, Wyman says, I guess he got kicked out of the club. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. He just gets thrown yep. out. It's just like he got yep. blasted. Um, but I that really, I, I you definitely see the running styles between Walker and I tweeted this out in the first half because he seems to hesitate a little bit too much. It's like sometimes you just got to attack the line of scrimmage. I mean, you can't be you know Le'Veon Bell every time. You have to get to the the line of scrimmage. And and then Charbonnet came in and was like, boom, like to the line of scrimmage. And of course he's big ball right but so he was creating like three or four yards at a time walker might not be able to do that but sometimes you have to be more charbonnet than walker although i did i almost felt bad for charbonnet i was like okay we're giving you this drive okay you helped get us down the field we're gonna put in walker so he can score the touchdown it's like charbonnet should have been like hey can i score the touchdown at least i know we're gonna score i don't know that was kind of weird well he got he got stuffed on the next play though right charbonnet uh, he did, but then, but Walker, I, I feel like it's almost like the Marshawn Lynch thing. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah. three, four straight times. I, and then I, they would have scored. I thought, I thought Walker did a better job in this game of. of After the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He seemed to like pick up and was like, okay, I got to go now as opposed to. And, and part of it is just the blocking is not as great as could be. I'm not saying they didn't come. You don't get well, a hundred forty yards. Part of it is they, when they Waldron switched to the having the two tight ends in the backfield, yeah. and then they started. I mean, that was just a stroke of genius. 
And then I he was running yeah. behind the. And then yeah, Gino out there like blocking for him. <laughs> at times. Was, he blo- was he blocking for him, or we just like just, someone said, it was like he set a pick. It, it was like counts. exactly what it looked like. Exactly <laughs> it was. what it looked like. But it's like that's all he had to do. He got in the guy's way. That's all you have to do. You don't have to like. Well, know, that that in the way we treat the NFL dude. quarterbacks nowadays, if somebody hits Gino hard enough to put, throw a flag or something, I mean, yeah, well, I I mean get maybe it, that's man. what Gino thinking too. It's like yeah. Gino can take the punishment. He's not he's not some scrawny dude or anything. But it's like, yeah, if you breathe on the quarterback, it's like you're gonna get, or you might get four flags like we did in one of the plays. So <laughs> <laughs> and then they kept coming in late. It was like eight flags, nine flags. It's like it was just offside. Let's let's um, let, let's let's mention some of the penalties. Uh, a, a particular type of penalty eight for the Panthers times for the Panthers eight times the Panthers got flagged on false starts and they were Absol- tackles which means they couldn't hear that I mean the 12s are just yeah. crazy absolutely wild. due to the 12s eight freaking penalties yeah. that the 12s gave to their team I mean at least six of them are because they can't hear unbelievable I mean you've got to be able to and later on I mean you know, at some point he just okay, like there's no audibles. It's just we're going. You know, like they figured out how to handle the situation. But holy cow! Well, part of it just too is that point. they're throwing. So it's different when you're running, right? But if you're passing right. the ball, you're yeah. lined up a little bit differently. So you're you can't keep your eye. I'm going to watch the snap because then the edge rusher, yeah. if you're throwing all the time, edge rusher is going to be like, I'm just going to run right past you, right? On some of those plays, so they're lined up a little differently. So you have to kind of be able to hear. Is the silent count doesn't work as well during when you're throwing the ball as much. So, I mean, yeah, it was agreed. It was just like six of those at least were on the 12s. I mean, how many on that one drive? They had like four or five, didn't they? They had, like, three, they had three consecutive false starts on one drive. Yeah, three, just... three straight false starts. One of them, one, I don't remember if it was that sequence, but one of the false starts was on a punt. What the <laughs> hell? How is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of punts, DJ Dallas, you know, he's, I yes. think you may have written about this in an article, but it's coming out later today, I think. But um, DJ Dallas isn't, he's not necessarily explosive, no. but that one punt return, he only he got it back out to the 19 or 20, but it was like he started he, at the four. He is ballsy. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He, you know, he wanted the kickoffs. So he took it the one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if you get it past the twenty-five, you've made productive yards. Yeah, exactly. And he did both times. You know, it's and it's not so much the yardage because, like, we both talked about 
you wrote an article about it. I wrote an article that Godwin he was like, oh, I hope they don't regret not bringing this guy back because he wouldn't have cost much because he was a big factor in their return game last season. And they let him go and kind of like, eh, how much would it cost to keep him? Well, as it turns out, they didn't need to. Obviously, the coaches of the Seahawks know a little more than we do. Shocker. DJ Dallas obviously has been in the return game before this season, right? But right, he just right. looks different. He looks like, okay, you guys may think I'm the fourth string running back when McIntosh comes back. And I, and I don't think it's like bitter or anything like that, but it's just I'm going to prove I have value to this team because what the heck, man? Yeah. He, and he's got the team is so fired up when he, yeah, but average 14 yards for on punt returns. I mean, or 13 and a half. I mean, that's a pretty sweet average on a yeah. punt. Actually, I forgot about Macintosh, to be honest, until you just said it. But especially that one play, like, <laughs> like I'm not calling for a fair catch. There's two guys that are practically wearing his jersey, and he mm-hmm. gets away from them and gets a return off, and it's like, what the heck, man? Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's not going I, – I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to, but the likelihood of him breaking one for a touchdown, pretty slim. He's just yeah. not that guy. He doesn't have to because he's picking up – He's He's putting his team in better position to win every single play. It's crazy, man. I mean, it just, uh, he might be the player of the game. Just, I mean, did it really have a huge impact on the game? No, it wasn't a big player, but every single time he touches the ball, man, the team is fired up. They're ready to go. And he puts them in a better position than they were every time. And it's like, man. Just like when Nick, uh, Nick Bloor makes a tackle. I mean, he just creams people. Oh, my God, just, yeah. Um, I, I want to end on a... Jared Creed, right? who didn't cream someone this exactly. time. They made that shoestring <laughs> slated yeah. and dropped the guy for a three-yard loss on the return. It's like, man. And he plays solid team. safety. He does. When he, when he is in, they were um, stout on special teams, absolutely. Just to end on a negative note as far as the game, um, cool. you know, we got to call it. Devin Witherspoon's a bust. Um, you know, I should have taken <laughs> Jalen Carter. Uh, Witherspoon's probably, I don't even know why he's playing. Yep. It's just like, talk about somebody who's fired up all the time. It's just like, I mean, 11, led the team with 11 tackles, had two passes defended. Is he going to get beat once or twice? Yeah. I mean, that one, it would have been a great catch, but he was kind of beat on that one. Yeah. But he's always in the area. Like, he's mm-hmm. right there with his guy. Um, He's and already he, he already played better in this game than he did last week. Yeah. Already. Exactly. And he wasn't bad against the Lions. No, he wasn't. His first NFL game ever. <laughs> it's just this guy. Ay, ay, ay. Um, yeah. Yeah. This guy was absolutely worth the pick. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. And hopefully Smith and Jigba will be too. But, you know, sometimes it's just harder for Sure. Rookie receivers to acclimate to the NFL for whatever reason. It is. Um, you know, sometimes they break through, but most of them, their first season is not their best season by any stretch. Uh, but, but yeah. And then again, uh, Giants coming up on Monday Night Football, where you're going to have extra motivated players like Julian Love, former Giant, right? And then yep. Jamal Adams just being back, period. And then mm-hmm. being back in New York and being back Monday Night Football. Hopefully we'll see some great things. Hopefully he doesn't overplay a couple of things and, and causes some issues there. And yeah. then Gino just being back in New York, right? Yeah. Again, yeah. Um, he didn't, he wasn't a giant. I guess he was a giant, wasn't he? 
Yeah. For a short time. Um, but but yeah, just kind of going back and being on Monday Night Football should should be a good game. Now, away games are not always easy to win, but if if the Giants are missing Saquon Barkley, which is still a chance with his ankle sprain, and then um, you know they're just not. I don't. I never was sold on Daniel Jones. I don't know why they gave him forty no. million dollars a year, but I mean they're capable of beating the Seahawks. Any team is yeah, right. Yeah, the, the Rams are now one and two, and their offense doesn't look good. And then, but they beat the Seahawks, so it's just a strange season. I mean, the Bengals look terrible offensively. And there's no reason for it. Yeah. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and then we'll, you know, before we move on to other things. Uh, other things. I got to say, it, it's so weird. Russell Wilson wasn't good last year. This year, he's actually pretty good. And his team got beat by 50 points. Yep. I mean, it's, you got to think, oh, Russell. Will, I mean, he threw that one. That was in the second half. The game was the game was over like early, right? I mean, when you when you lose Barely. by fifty, it's not a fourth quarter loss. And he, and he did have that one bad pass, but before that, he, he wasn't the issue. It was like they just had he two fumbles. Issue, no. He just, he's still not Russell Wilson that we saw like three years ago, and he I, he's never is going to be because he still made. Some of those questionable passes, like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? Yeah. And he's doing that too often. But, yeah, when he doesn't play defense. When, when the team gives up 70 points, that's not on the court. And they were legit points. And I'm sorry if, if somebody – Could have been more if, than that. Yeah. If people are saying, oh, the Miami coach is running it up, you're a freaking NFL football player. You get paid to play a game. If yeah. somebody scores 90 on you, that's not their fault. That's your fault. Yeah, that is Period. that is uh, it's impossible to run up the score in the NFL because, like you just said, you're paid. College is different. The the competition level is incredibly variable in college. Yeah, you can run up the score in college and you shouldn't do it unless maybe certain circumstances can't be done in the NFL. You're all professionals. Don't let it happen. That's your job. And And oh, you know, they could have had 77, except they chose not to do that. It's like, did you want the all-time records, or did you only want seven hundred? What about seven hundred thirty-six yards? Of ridiculous. Thrown on you. And it's they like just... their University of Washington offense was out there or something. It was like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> but but yeah, it's not on Russell Wilson, but it is on Denver because Denver chose to gut their defense. Sean Payton, exactly. And and they got rid of the coach, guy. the DC. I mean, he well, they didn't get rid of him, but he chose to leave. Yeah. Because they. And he was like a superstar coach. I mean, that there's no way a team goes from being that good defensively, which they were fantastic last year, to being that bad, unless there's a head coaching issue. That uh, when, especially Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton likes to, you know, put down other people and and you know, kind of mocking uh, Russell Wilson and things like that. But dude, that 0-3 record. That's that's on you right now. Losing seventy to twenty, can't put that on the players. That's on you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, it's just I don't know. It's just it's kind of bizarre that I don't know. I mean, yeah, Russ deserves a little bit of the blame because maybe if the offense is a little better, they only lose I don't know fifty five to twenty seven. I mean. Right. That would that would have been the best possible outcome in that game. So yeah. Yeah, Russ could have played better, sure. It's like Russ ain't playing. Because receivers don't fumble. Yeah, 
I mean, it was just like they just had. It was just I don't know. But it's on Peyton for sure, and it's on the organization for sure for taking a guy who, not washed up by any means, but clearly he was not, you know, the Russell Wilson of three four years ago. I mean, we saw that in Seattle. Not knocking the guy. Sounds like I am, but I'm not. It was just like he wasn't the same player anymore. And they absolutely sold out their future with draft picks and especially jettisoning players to get the salary. And it's like, yep. that's on you guys. Yep. So, yeah. It's going to be for working. a while. Yeah. So, again, going back to all the talk about, well, should the Seahawks get this guy or this guy? We can't trust Geno. Talking about the four last season. Yeah, we could have been the Broncos. We could have done the same stupid ass thing. And so glad that we did chose not to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So and we'll see. Hopefully three and one and then the bye week and they get most of everybody else back, including Abraham. Well, I guess Abraham Lucas still has to sit out one more game past that. But Jake Curhan hasn't been an issue. Um, so um again, Andy Dickerson doesn't get enough credit for where this team is right now because he clearly knows exactly what he's doing coaching an offensive line because when you have backups come in and they're not maybe any worse at all than the starters that's a coaching thing that's not the players so opposite of what's happening in denver i think uh what else i got so 7020 uh oh yeah so uh we got the the taylor swift travis kelsey which i think you're glued to the tv all the time just for news for that i think always always yeah um (laughs) Why do people care about this stuff? I mean, and, and granted, people can say, why do you care about sports? It's like, okay, point taken. But yeah. why do people care about this? About I, any I just, of this celebrity I, stuff. I wonder if they're having just, maybe they don't even, maybe they're just friends or whatever. But they're, I mean, it, it would be a great opportunity for just somebody to have a little fun, right? Let's have some fun or show up to the game and then or walk out with me. It's just, I mean, people talk so much stuff. It's like they, they probably just shook hands. Hey, have a good night and left separated after the night. Like, Oh, this is fun. I mean, it could be as much that as anything else. Um, yep. did you see how much Travis Kelsey's jersey I was sells? just going to bring that up? <laughs> At least according to one site, they have jumped up 400%. 400%. So the Swifties like them some Kelsey. <laughs> and, and if the Chiefs are smart, they've started making jerseys with Swift on the back of them. Um, yeah. That I'm sure she's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, she and, seems and, cool and, enough. Where it's like, and, and with sequins while they're at it, because why not? Um, <laughs> exactly. That would be hilarious. Oh my god, they really should. That'd be funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, actually, we're right on schedule for this show. I don't know what's going on, but uh, we have the last thing we're going to finish. Terribly, with. terribly wrong. I know. That means we've done something wrong. We've left out something major. There's probably some breaking news that we've missed. We're recording this on Tuesday. I won't tell you the time. So if it breaks at 12 p.m. Tuesday Eastern time, we didn't know about it. Uh, so uh, we'll finish with our Rob Gordons. And our Rob Gordons this week, Todd, are... This week, our Rob Gordons are the five films that we most want to see that are yet to be released in the year 2023. Do you have just theatrical movies? I have two that are Netflix. Actually, I do have just theatrical movies, but that's just kind of how it panned out. It wasn't like I, I followed the instructions to the letter. But as like it just happened, it's like, well, the ones I want to see are, are all going to be out. On do we now. have instructions? Do we ever have instructions? 
Most of the time, I don't even remember what they are. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, Rob Gordon's. <laughs> Rob Gordon's five things I forgot about last week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just oh, a very Rob quiet Gordon. Rob Gordon. I can't remember what they are. Um, this yeah, would be but... fantastic. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, I, and we each have an honorable mention. My honorable mention is a Netflix film that it's a short film. It's 37 minutes long, I think. Um, so it's already out in theaters. I don't know what it's packaged as though in select theaters. So I'm not sure what it's, uh, packaged with, but it's the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, which is a Roald Dahl book. Right. And, uh, yep, yep, yep. and, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Mr. Penguin. Benedict. Um, yeah. Is, uh, is in it. And it's a Wes Anderson film. So I don't care who's in it. Wes Anderson yeah. doing it. It looks, it's, it, I, it's only 37 minutes long, so you gotta wonder how much is gonna be packed into it. So, but it comes out tomorrow on Netflix. So that's my honorable mention, and you have an honorable mention as well. How, how are they? I'm really curious what the theatrical release, what the deal is with that. Um, well, the theatrical uh, my honorable release mention is a, is a director's cut. It's three hours long. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's so a bad cut. idea. Oh Jesus Christ! Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> my honorable mention is a film that has been released at a film festival and i've actually seen the film already but it's not into release actually until i believe uh, october 15th and it's called dicks the musical and it's about two guys named richard (laughs) not really uh from the director of borat and uh, it's absolutely hilarious and definitely the film to take your six-year-old child to if you want to scar them for life do not take children. this is a documentary a musical documentary right about richard dawson is that correct could have, in some ways it could have been. <laughs> in some ways it could have been. Uh, Nathan Lane is, isn't it? Megan Mullally. It's hilarious. The the songs are terrific. Saw it that the screening I went to, and literally after every single number, the audience applauded. <laughs> after every That's single awesome. number, yeah, and after several jokes as well. And it, it's it's it is like crazy over the top. So if you are <laughs> if you are even slightly offended by material of this nature not easily offended but at all i'm, I'm offended you're even talking about it I'm not your film not your film at all i i guarantee you this film will be banned in at least five or six states after people realize what happens in the movie. <laughs> just, just saying uh but it's hilarious oh my god anyway that's my uh honorable your honorable mention. mentioned uh so i don't really have we could go by date if you want if you have yours by date because i don't really have a five i don't have i don't have mine by date i have top i have a top two but i don't have the others aren't not in any kind of order so hey, let's just do random i don't really have the dates i mean i can pull you them up the, do you even know if they're films did you even do your homework on this are you making movies up is borat one, three on your list this one is real <laughs> this one i think i dreamt about that sounds pretty um, cool let's see let's see Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on with this? My, okay, one of so, mine is a dream. It's actually Margot Robbie's in it, but she's played by Simon Pegg. So. Oh, okay. So I lied. So one of mine is a streaming thing. I didn't realize that. I'm just Aha! Uh-huh. Damn it. So there you I go. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. So uh, I'll just go. It doesn't really matter. Do you have a, like a five to one or you just, you just, because I, I can go by date. It won't really matter then in that case, because I'm. You know, yeah, I'll go by. We may have the five same films. 
I guarantee you we do not. Um, we'll go by date. Okay. Uh, well, if you know the dates of yours. I'm pulling them up right now. Uh, oh, so we need that. We need to stretch this part out. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got oh, it. That, was, that was fast. That was super fast. That was super bad. Super bad 2 is probably on your list. Is there a super bad 2? No. Oh. Should there be one? No. I really, super I mean, it's a funny movie. Yeah, I really, but no, let's not, let's not, let's not do that. Actually, let's reboot it and let's have Adam Sandler play both roles. <laughs> anyway. I, I the the new one is uh, you know this new one on Netflix. I guess he has a huge mm-hmm. mega deal with Netflix, so he's going to keep making movies for Netflix. But until one or the other okay. is dead, yeah, it's true. But he's he's not he's in it, but he's not he's not the main character. It's actually really yeah. good. So huh. yeah, I'll trust you on that. And a lot of people um, liked Uncut Gems too. Yeah, I know. Well, I know you, I like, you didn't I like Uncut Gems. It's just oh, it would have been nice if they'd had a different actor in it who was better than him like simon pig uh, like almost anybody he's the weak point of the film it's like every once in a while he's good oh my god he's amazing it's like it's just him with less jokes are you kidding me it's the same <laughs> so angry guy that he's done for 15 years please do something different yeah because at some point you start thinking oh, this guy's in angry film, in real life and he's everybody not everybody in the film is better than he is in the film and half of the actors are basketball players it's like, come on, man. Ooh, that's that's basketballist. You're saying basketball players can't act? I'm saying they can. Much better than Adam Sandler. Anyway. Sounds, sounds like you're saying they can't. I'm just saying. Five. Five. What's your um, number five? Number five. What's your number five? Again, I'm going by date, so I don't want to put a number on it. That would be ageist. Um, what's, what's, your, what's the first one coming up? There you go. The next film appearing. I already said it. It's the wonderful story of Henry Chigar french film um oh that's that's what i meant to say earlier it's like i watch all these shows on the espn i think one thing we're missing on this podcast is yelling at each other and that really seems to bring in the viewers and listeners so we need to do like uh, uh that's that's what's, what's the guy michael played for the cowboys all i can think of is michael palin he doesn't yell yeah, at michael, michael palin. <laughs> former dallas michael, cowboy michael palin michael palin can yell <laughs> he can, but it's not like uh, angry yelling at him. Uh, so the first one for me in chronological order, I guess, is what, it comes out. Yes, <laughs> that's true. But he's not yelling. No, he's um, not yelling. August twentieth is Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which of course has little-known actor Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Um, Directed by Scorsese. It's got a ton of people. Jesse Plemons, who I always, um, I always like Jesse Plemons. He's not the greatest yeah, actor, he's but he's not a bad actor. But I always like him. He fits his roles really well. Um, it looks, it, it's, you know, pro-Native American. Uh, but I'm, the, I've seen two trailers for it now. They both look interesting. But I think they're interesting where they're not really giving a whole lot away from the film, which is kind of what you want from a trailer, right? You don't want it to tell you the whole story because yeah. why well, go see the film? But um, it looks it yeah. looks fantastic to me. I can't tell, and you you might know. I know it's Apple TV. I don't. I can't tell if it comes out on Apple TV the same time it comes out in theaters, or if it's just theaters. I think it's I think it's later. I, I'm not sure what the timing is, but I think it's like a month month delay. But yeah, Apple TV is what it's going to be streaming on. Cool. But apparently, pretty quickly because they made a big deal about saying. On Apple TV, so I don't think there's going to be a long delay. If 
if there isn't at all because and, and why would there really because it's like that that's who has it so you have to either oh i'd love this film i want to see it i guess i'll subscribe to it. i mean it's only going to help them right so yeah um, yeah 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 my number five is, and this actually comes Again, out. I, I don't have a number five. For the record, I feel like I need to keep, I don't have a five through one. I feel like that's doing a disservice to the films who worked hard to be on this list. My number five, <laughs> the, ne- the next film coming out in chronological order on my list actually opens this Friday. It is called The Creator. Uh, it is a film by Gareth Edwards, who did the first Godzilla reboot thing which was actually decent science fiction film uh, about ai and a little a little cute uh person who is actually an ai person stars john david washington uh looks really really good uh some of the early buzz i saw it when it was called minority report so (laughs) no um it's more like irobot except actually good um <laughs> god uh yeah some a few critics have said this is the best movie of the year which would be saying a hell of a lot considering some of the movies we've seen this year and the best science fiction film of the past 10 years which if it's close to that that would be pretty amazing but yeah. definitely looking forward to that i wish it had a different name just because it almost sounds like if you don't know anything about it, it's like is this a religious film that's what it sounds like i know not not a fan of the title either myself. At least it's not as bad as the uh, Edge of Tomorrow film, which sounds like still sounds like it should be 430 in the afternoon in 1967. And you're watching this on CBS. Uh, OK, the next film in your list chronologically they change Edge of Tomorrow. Didn't they? It's now like it's a no, it's still that. But usually they usually they wipe, promote it. Wipe flush repeat. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Actually, I haven't seen it. I like Tom Cruise, so I probably like it. It's a really good movie. It's a really good movie, and he's excellent, and mainly because he dies a lot in it, which is fun. <laughs> Emily Blunt so, is like ridiculously good in this film. That film, anyway. Um, my not number four, but the one that comes out in chronological order is, and I can't tell if this movie it could be a complete train wreck, but that's kind of want why I want to see it. And you have I have discussed it already, but on November twenty second, Napoleon comes out. Um, with Joaquin Phoenix, Ridley Scott directed it about obviously Napoleon, yeah. Napoleon, um, not Napoleon Dynamite. That would be kind of cool. Maybe it is. I, would, just full I would totally watch that. Um, Michael Sarah is no, um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, Michael Sarah is Napoleon. That would be kind of cool. But I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is always really good. Uh, it, the movie looks like way overdone. But it could be really good. That's that's why I'm so interested in it. You know, it's like, okay, it's this big epic film. We don't get a whole lot of those anymore. Um, you know, but it's yeah. uh, the acting has to be somewhat good. Um, but it could, like you said, it could be a complete train wreck. And that's why I'm interested in seeing it. You know, that the trailer to me was so disappointing because all I could tell from the trailer is like, okay, uh, it's about Napoleon. And it doesn't look interesting. And and I how, how genius is it to have Waterloo by ABBA playing the whole time? I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. If they had done that, I would go see the film. Um, I totally agree with you. It's like the trend has been for the past several years. It's like, oh, let's show all the high points of the film in the trailer. That way they don't actually have to see the movie. It's like, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but you have to give something. Um, it. This. 
this yeah. did, did nothing. This did not, the trailer did nothing for me, which doesn't say anything about the film because the director doesn't assemble the trailer. You know, some some schlep probably would like me puts the trailer together, which explains. Oh, uh, let me interrupt you for just one second. This has nothing to do with films. The Mariners, of course, not going to make the playoffs at this point. They've decided to just lose every game the rest of the year. Um, but they they've changed their lineup a little bit throughout, you know, based on left handed, right handed pitchers or whatever. But I, I found something out that Scott Service, who's the manager, he he doesn't make out the lineup card every day. He's part of the process that makes up the lineup card. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like uh, how he was like, yeah, it's an organizational thing. Um, you know, we have people in the scouting department helps make. I was like, you're the freaking manager. <laughs> Can you see going to Tommy Lasorda being like, hey, I guess you're not going to make out the lineup card, you know? Earl Weaver, you're not going to make out the lineup card. Sorry, we got the whole organization involved. They'd be like, well, ah, screw it. I guess I'm gone. I'm not managing in this team anymore. It's like, well, that makes zero sense. That's part of a manager's job to me. Oh, okay. I understand. I understand Take getting input, right, from other coaches. But that's it. It's now, These aren't even coaches. Like- just coaches. They're like, scouts uh people in front office oh, that's, and how they want to approach each game i'm like who's who's who has the time for that how, how many people are sitting on in the dugout then during the game like 12 15 it's like dude you're the manager exactly. make the wow that's a little bit weird yeah hi hi okay uh i'm up to november i believe yes i am in november so this is a film that apparently it was released theatrically, I think, in September, and I've missed it and I hadn't heard that it was released theatrically. I think that's a lie. But anyway, it comes out on Netflix November 10th. It is The Killer, a David Fincher film. Yay. Starring Michael Fassbender. Also yay. And Tilda Swinton. Massive yay. And he is a uh, killer who's just waiting for his next target. And things have gone kind of wrong. And there have been several movies like this. But I don't care, man. This is David Fincher and Michael Fassbender and Tilda Swinton. Uh, yeah, I'm in Is there a this. piano involved? Maybe a little Richard character? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> just for no reason. It's like, even if you don't get that reference, it's like, what? What's going on here? I have no idea. <laughs> my god anyway i'm not sure why mahershal to... ali is playing a little richard here but okay we'll oh, just run with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right sir um uh let's see i've got napoleon so i'm into december now so um december 8th another netflix film called leave this uh leave the world behind which actually has mahershal ali on it but it's also got julia roberts and ethan hawk um, so it's about uh, uh, it's like a post-apocalyptic thing where there's must be some space-time continuum thing because these two people, two families come together. They think they own the same house, and then they basically have to figure that out and figure out how to deal with, oh, the world is gone, basically. Um, but just the actors alone. Um, also, yeah. uh, one of the uh, two of the producers, executive producers of the film are the Obamas. Um Seriously? So, uh, yeah, yeah, just Roberts, Ali, Ethan Hawke, just put them in a room and let them talk. I'd watch that. But, yeah, it looks yeah. Fan- sounds fantastic anyway. It does. And the Obamas have a they have a production deal with Netflix that might be even lar- longer than uh, Adam Sandler's. 
have you seen his uh, the narration he does for what's the name of the docu series? It's really really well done. Little um, Richard, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, Little Richard. Is he still alive? The the, um, the nature one. Yeah, which I can't think of. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's uh, excellent. Yeah, the series is excellent. And his narration is. Gee, why would his narration be good? It's not like he has an excellent Miller-Lewis speaking voice and is incredibly articulate. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's like, this it's guy's great. not David Attenborough, but all right, we'll go on. David Attenborough, at some point in the 23rd century, will unfortunately pass away. And hopefully, <laughs> because of the... Hopefully, the the uh, SAG-AFTRA will have a similar agreement like the Writers Guild, and they can't be doing no shenanigans with AI... So we won't be hearing him. Yeah, I hope not. Continue. Anyway, uh, yeah, his narration is excellent. Totally agree. So, yeah, leave the and world that's behind. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't make my list, but I read about that. and was like, oh, that sounds really good. Um, my next film premieres. This is already. This is premiered in film festivals also. Actually comes out in Japan. You know, this list was about yeah. films that had yet to come out. Yeah. Did, did you understand? And you're talking about. I did understand that. But it's festivals. They're not. Got like Joseph like, Cotton in one of your nine films. Nine people. <laughs> Joseph <laughs> F. And Cotton. Yeah, but it's AI. So it's, <laughs> I was yeah, about to say it's AI. It's AI, um, Joseph Cotton. AI, yeah, Joseph Cotton. That's my Twitter <laughs> handle now. <laughs> Damn it. I wanted to use it. Okay, so. Guess I'll just have to be. No. Um, okay, so. It doesn't come out in Japan until November 1st. There's one hint. Then it will be released in the United States on December 1st. And I am talking about Godzilla Minus One. And I'm pretty sure this is not on your list because, I mean, we got to that three times. So, major Godzilla fan. And this is not in the Godzilla Monsterverse. The U.S. version this is from Toho Productions. And this is not a follow-up to the excellent Shin Godzilla, which is an awesome movie. This is mm, kind of a direct sequel. Mm, actually, more of a prequel, which seems weird, but it's a prequel to the first Godzilla film. This is set in, like, I think, 1947, whereas Godzilla, the original, was set when it was filmed, 1954. So... Uh, <laughs> And then this is a prime example of the way trailers should be done, because you do see Godzilla, like very sparse moments. And then but mainly you see the destruction and uh, the humanity kind of stuff. It's like it looks really, really, really good. And I mean, again, the Japanese, the original Japanese version of the first Godzilla film is really harrowing because it focuses in on on. Uh, the destruction caused by the radioactivity, which, of course, eh, gee, what could that be a metaphor for? Um, 1954, Japan, I'm saying. Anyway, so this looks really, really good. Totally looking forward to that. And that's Godzilla Minus One comes out December 1st in the United it's, States. And it's not a Canada. big fan of, of dinosaur films. Just don't oh really like <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, your, your next film. Next to last film. Uh, I have, I, I'm not even a huge fan of the original, but uh, this film has uh, Hugh Grant in it, and it comes out on December 15th. Sweet Charity. No. <laughs> no, the new Wonka film. I yeah, just, yeah. it looks hilarious, but I mean, that's Sally Hawkins, Timothy Chalamet, Olivia Coleman, yeah. Keegan Michael Key. I mean, it's it's got a lot of really good people. And yes. um, 
if you you've watched the trailer, but Keegan Michael Key doesn't even really look like it. it's pretty interesting what they're doing. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, again, it's it's probably going to be fluff, but Hugh Grant's character alone is worth me seeing it. So that's uh, Wonka on December fifteenth. No dinosaurs. No dinosaurs. Well, in a, not in the trailer. Yeah, when they first announced this, I thought, oh please, like don't do this, okay? But this actually does look really good. Looks like it's a, a lot prequel, of fun, I guess, right? Yeah. And that's a yeah, it's a prequel. It's not a remake. Got a, one character's okay. name is Hans Gruber, which is kind of a young <laughs> Hans Gruber. <laughs> now that is a prequel I would definitely it's, want to see. They don't yeah. like my art. I guess I will attack this building. But you know what they would do? Warner Brothers would produce it, and Adam Sandler would play Hans Gruber, and it's like. <laughs> anyway, uh, my I penultimate film that. sounds like a sounds like a mess. It sounds like a, very interesting. Oh God. Um, is another Japanese film, and this is going to be released in the U.S. December 8th. So you have one whole week where you can watch Godzilla. Like can I interrupt times. you one more time? Yes. How, what do you care if, when these films are being released in the United States? You're not even here. Do they release films in Canada? Do you have to cross the border to see it? No, but I know a guy who, uh, you know what I'm saying? Truckload. Truckload. VPN. <laughs> And that is my new Twitter handle. I'm sorry, X. Um, Mr. VPN. But the mist is spelled with a Y. Uh, anyway, December 8th. Uh, this is possibly uh, the last film to be directed by the great Japanese anime director, Miyazaki. Uh, and I say possibly because this is the third film that he had said was his last film. Odds are, though, it is because he's getting up there in age and it took, I think, seven years to make this film. So that's a little crazy. Anyway, it's called The Boy and the Heron. And it's a slice of life film. Um, has lots of slices magical... his wife. That doesn't sound. Yes, he slices his wife film. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the David Fincher film. Um, <laughs> that would totally make sense, unfortunately. But, you know, with with magical mysticism and. It just looks amazing because all of Miyazaki's films do. Um, Spirit of the Way, The Princess Mononoke, The Howl's Moving Castle, that dude. Uh, but absolutely looks amazing. And again, probably will be his his last feature because uh, unless he's been working on one and he keeps on working for the next five or six years, that's going to be it. So we are on your final film. Yes, and mine as it uh, comes out in theaters also November twenty second. Also, or, also, also known as number one film, the one you're out, looking forward to the most because you're having to wait the longest to see it. AI Joseph Cotton. <laughs> That's so. People just just tuning in, they're like, "What the?" Um, this one comes out. Seahawks. <laughs> Pete Carroll is AI, Joseph. Uh, this one comes out in theaters November 22nd and on Netflix December 20th. And it's called Maestro, um, which is a, actually I, I've seen trailers for it, but already and they look really good. But it's about uh, Leonard Bernstein and, and his wife. Um, and it's just, you know, it's probably sappy love story, but it's directed by Bradley Cooper. Carrie Mulligan's in it. Cooper's in it, of course. Maya Hawk, Sarah Silverman. I mean, it it just looks like one of those films that's going to come off the screen extremely well done, if that makes sense. 
Um, and that again, the acting is good. It, you wonder if Bradley Cooper is like, okay, he's he's hit on one or two, you know, but it's like, is this one going to be a mess? But I just feel like he he doesn't o- try to overdo films. Um, and in this case, it's um, yeah, should be interesting. You're just watching it for the nose. Just admit it. Well, maybe. And the nose knows, you know. Do, I, be- do, I believe uh, Leonard Bernstein is played by AI Joseph Cotton. I think it is all <laughs> AI anyway. <laughs> it's all AI now. <laughs> Did, does does Bradley Cooper seem to have like an excessive nose to you in any of the trailers? Does it not look like Leonard Bernstein? Are you saying no. he doesn't in the trailers look like Leonard Bernstein? I'm saying he does, right? But he I mean, does, what? he does. And his nose yeah, is... It's like, yeah, he has a large nose, but it, it's not like <laughs> not like they threw a Pinocchio nose on the dude. No, I mean... It's just... Sorry you know, I can somebody see, has a large nose. I, yeah, I can see it's like, okay, they could have done it without that. But Cooper chose to go with it. And it's not exaggerated. It looks like it's to make him look more like the guy. So to put him more in the character. Yeah, basically like, what you're saying is if they make a biopic of Nicole Kidman and somebody has a big nose when she's younger and then doesn't, then they're going to complain about that. It's just AI, <laughs> AI Joseph Cotton stuff. And it doesn't. It's like the complaints about. So your, your complaints about your complaints. It's your complaints about Hugh Grant being in Wonka. Now that that their complaints is like, oh, you you should have cast a, a a little person in the role. It's like, dude, he's like six inches tall. Are you six inches tall? In real life. Then okay, you should. You know, it's like, no, he's not playing a little person. Did you <laughs> not see how small he is in the clip? They could have had Andre the Giant AI. Andre the Giant play play the role. Because he's tiny in the role. Like, oh my God, stop with this crap. Anyway, yeah. uh, my ultimate film. Like Peter Dinklage can't play every small person. <laughs> and it would Peter be unfair Dink- to Peter Dinklage. What, what's he doesn't that? want to play every small person. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was an actor of a smaller stature who was complaining about Hugh Grant getting this role. And was like, dude, he's not playing a little person. Yeah, you might want to take a look at that trailer. Anyway. Exactly. Plus, DeVito's uh, too old to play the role. <laughs> AI Danny DeVito is not too old to play any role mm-hmm. at all. You know, one film he's not in. DeVito? My finally filmed. Or Hugh Grant. Uh, American Fiction. This won't come out until December 15th. It is about a novelist who... Gets kind of fed up with the whole fact that 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 of the existence of black exploitation, black entertainment, because everything has to fit this certain trope. Is like if we're going to make a movie about a black person, he's going to have to be a slave, or you know something along that, because otherwise no one's ever going to see it, right? So he decides to just uh, prove a point and just like go all the way up out with it and write something up absolutely outrageous and crazy. So we got this comedy drama stars Jeffrey Wright as the novelist also has Keith David, Sterling Brown was like, has a really great cast. Oh, Keith David, like, the guy who runs on the sidelines for university of Tennessee football. No, it's his brother, David Keith. It's the <laughs> other guy. It's weird. It's so guy. weird, right? <laughs> it's like, and they're about the same age. It's like, they even acted together in that, uh, the great Santini. So, 
anyway um and david keith is a piece of shit. anyway um <laughs> super looking forward to american fiction sounds like it'll be really really uh cutting and biting just like ai joseph gotten <laughs> could make him bite that would be weird um <laughs> like that's like the the netflix film about uh pinochet where he's a 280 year old vampire <laughs> i haven't watched it yet but it sounds like really it looks really good oh um i'll i'll end the show with uh, a, a, a please, please accidental ad for audio fix um so audio fix doesn't get the views that the that we do at 12th man rising 12th man rising.com um but the top two articles of the month uh, i wrote them both i can you can congratulate me later for my genius not really genius the top post of the month is taylor swift and kansas city chiefs travis kelsey dating jason kelsey says yes wrote that one last week because it was like why not and the number two post of the month is taylor swift seems to confirm dating chiefs travis kelsey without saying a word wrote that one yesterday come on people there's music news out there i mean i write it because i kind of have to taylor swift yeah right but it's and i even mentioned this to the guy who oversees the nfl division who doesn't have anything to do with audio fixing he was like i would have written it too i mean you can't not write it it's taylor swift but i'm like (sighs) i realize taylor has like 50 billion whatever social media and she seems to be a fine person and no offense to her but kind of like what you were saying it's like we really could care about some other things yeah on on one facebook group some guy was complaining about why people care it's like it's like beyonce is gonna blow her out of the water in this tour and it's like apparently in the Mm. first place that's not true because (laughs) the sale ticket sales i mean they're strong but they're like half as much as taylor swift's and but to the point it's like who cares why would you care (laughs) exactly Is, is this some it's not it's not the NFL. It's not a sport. They're, you know, no one looks at the end of the season and <laughs> the season and says, it's like, ha ah, Taylor beat her. It's like, dude, it's music. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, Holy they God. might be competing for sales, but we right. as fans are not competing against the other people we don't like. It's well, like, I'm oh, good. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. That means I really hate Bob Dylan. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. What? It's not. <laughs> That's not how it works. It's not it's, how it works. It's and not. And that's the great sport. thing. It doesn't have to. No. So bizarre. Yeah. So freaking bizarre. Anyway. Anyway, next week on our, our we will have a an AI Taylor Swift. So tune in for that. Thanks for listening. Why are you the worst? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.